0: Hello, I'm Paul Lee, and you're listening to Woman Worthy, real talk about real issues for women over 60. If you're over 60, you're still worthy of being heard. I'm finding I am extremely sensitive to noise. I've always had a very sharp hearing sense. I actually could hear vibrations other people couldn't hear, but now I seem to have developed hyperacusis sensitivity to sound. I can't stand the neighborhood dog, and then it becomes dogs, plural, barking, and I hate going to urban restaurants because of the noise. I also can't stand people talking on cell phones near me. In fact, just about everywhere I go, I want to yell, keep it down. Is this me being overly sensitive? both physically as well as um, emotionally, and both to my environment and others' rudeness? Or is it an aging thing? A Western University in Canada study published in the Journal of Neuroscience looked at the differences in hearing between older and younger adults. Younger and older individuals who had clinically normal hearing were studied to see the brain's ability to adjust its sensitivity to sound levels and to determine if that's affected by aging. What the researchers found is that older individuals don't adapt as well to their sound environment. Younger adults can hear loud sounds such as a particular instrument when they're at a concert or the lead singer's voice without being distracted by softer sounds like someone speaking in the row behind them. The study found though in a similar environment the brain of a 60 year old remains very sensitive to all the sounds without being able to easily filter out what the person doesn't want to hear. Part of the problem is hearing loss but new studies also show the brain's ability to filter out background noise changes as we grow older. One explanation for that is that the brain synchronizes with the specific rhythms of speech. If it's not a hearing loss issue, then it could be that the brain's sound processing is changing. Sounds that seem the most jarring and distressing, for example, would be high-pitched sounds like smoke alarms. But equally disturbing to those with noise sensitivity are the clanging of silverware, or pots and pans, or screaming children. <laughs> I remember when I was raising young ones, and I had a friend over, and she had a couple of young children with whom uh, mine were playing, and a third friend stopped by, and she didn't have any children. And the third friend remarked, how do you stand all that noise? And the other friend with children and I looked at her and said, What noise? (laughs) Of course, we could distinguish between the normal noise of screaming, playing children and uh, being hypersensitive, if you will, to uh, a problem if, if there were to be one. It's a fundamental property of the auditory system that uh, to be able to adjust really fast to any environment a person goes into, one of the re- researchers is quoted as saying in an article that of course I'm posting on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. And the uh, researcher goes on to say, if you cannot do that anymore, then in each situation your auditory system might be a little off. This means older individuals may be easily distracted and overwhelmed by sounds or find them too loud. So hearing aids could help, but not necessarily. And the quote is is, is finished here. The temporal lobe of your brain is a pair of areas on your brain's left and right sides. These areas which are inside your skull, near your temples and ears, play a role in managing your emotions, processing information from your senses, storing and retrieving memories, and understanding language. The auditory cortex is the part of the temporal lobe that processes auditory information in humans and many other vertebrates. It is a part of the auditory system performing both basic and higher functions in hearing. Higher functions might be related, for example, to translating languages or being able to speak or understand more than one language, uh, even simultaneously. There are additional areas of the human cerebral cortex that are involved in processing sound in the frontal and parietal lobes. As we get older, as I understand from the science, the hair cells and nerve fibers in our inner ears deteriorate. Some studies have shown that a reduced blood flow, which is a natural part of aging, causes changes in our ears. It could also be due to prolonged exposure to loud noises, as we in the first rock and roll generation were, or combination of factors. But once the cells are damaged, they don't recover. Sensitivity to sound causes an emotional reaction, and I, I know that, I feel it. Dogs barking, people speaking loudly on their cell phones in public places, noisy restaurants, children screaming, I have to remind myself that those are happy sounds. Breathe, Paulette, breathe. (laughs) Listening to all these sounds can lead to a lot of listening fatigue and even stress and panic. As in, I have to get out of here. The emotional reaction is because unwanted, unpleasant noise enters your body through your ears but it is relayed to the stress detection center in your brain called the amygdala. That's often referred to as the reptilian or primal part of our brain because it's in control of our innate and automatic self-preserving behavior patterns. The endocrine system can overreact also, causing too much cortisol, uh, adrenaline, and other chemicals to course through the body. A study of the effects of long-term exposure to the, quote, relentless din of daily life in some places, referenced in a June 2023 New York Times article, notes that there can be lasting effects throughout the body, and this isn't just for older people. Rather than adapting people who are constantly exposed to high noise levels, such as on a street with a, a lot of noise, show the opposite effect. Prior noise exposure primes the body to overreact, amplifying the negative effects. Well, you know, that's an interesting hypothesis, but I don't know about that. I mean, try telling that to an urban dweller who can't fall asleep without the city traffic noise. As for folks who live in rural environments, well, there are, for example, trains. The New York Times article also references a study that looked at Delo, Mississippi, population fewer than 400, where the sudden blare of a train can be especially jarring because there is little ambient noise to drown it out. Over long-term exposure to noise, the sympathetic nervous system can also become hyperactivated, quickening the heart rate, raising blood pressure and triggering the production of inflammatory cells, which in turn can lead to inflammation, hypertension and plaque buildup in arteries, increasing the risk of heart disease, heart attacks and stroke. So, how much noise is too much noise? Well, for residential environments, the accepted decibel level is any noise exceeding 70 decibels though residential limits usually start at 60 or even 55 decibels, and that's equivalent to the noise of a regular vacuum cleaner. Some further comparisons, the intermittent and piercing nature of a dog's bark can be very disruptive for close neighbors since it can reach 90 decibels or higher. The average decibel level of a bar is 100. A typical restaurant operates at 80 decibels, but some restaurants are known to reach 110 decibels, the levels of jackhammer noise. I can attest that's probably the decibel level, for example, of restaurants in Washington, DC. (laughs) I'm also apparently not crazy because I detest overhearing other people's cell phone conversations. Research has shown that people find cell phone conversations they overhear, to be more distracting than in-person conversations between two or more people. As reported by a Cornell University psychologist and her colleagues, we find the public cell phone behavior to be annoying because it's so intrusive into our consciousness. The reasoning goes something like this. When you hear a live conversation, you know what everyone is saying because it's all there for you to hear. When you hear a cell phone conversation, you don't know what the other person is saying, so your ever-curious brain tries to fill in the missing pieces. This takes more mental energy than simply hearing both sides of the conversation, leaving less for you to allocate to whatever else you might be doing. End quote. I would go even further than that. I'd say not only am I using mental energy, I'm being forced to use it. I'm not choosing to be part of that conversation. I don't want to be, and that causes stress. Usually, for example, in an airport waiting area, if someone is speaking what I perceive to be too loudly on their phone, I'll ask them to please take their call elsewhere. The answer I usually get is, well, you can move. Since I'm not the one causing the disturbance, I resent being told to move. But if I want to minimize my stress, I have to thereby causing me some more stress. I just want to add here, though, if someone were to make the same request of me, I would probably say, oh, I'm sorry, and indeed move to a more private location. But that's just me. So are people really speaking louder on cell phones? Well, apparently the answer is yes. One study has found that controlling for gender, they found that, in fact, people on cell phones speak 1.6 times as loudly as did people chatting face-to-face. I personally think there's an additional reason that people on cell phones are speaking outwardly, not inwardly into a receiver as we used to do back in the old days on what are now called vintage telephones. As for why people speak loudly on their cell phones, I found this assessment in the Psychology Today article that I will, of course, be listing as a resource, fascinating, and I quote, Clearly people feel that talking on the cell phone somehow isolates them from the people in their immediate vicinity. The deeper they get into their conversations, the more removed they feel from those who are physically present and the more engaged they become in the conversation itself. Unfortunately for them and for their unwilling listeners, they are anything but isolated. Their public cell phone behavior is annoying and perhaps a bit foolish, given that the wrong third party may overhear the conversation but there's no ill intent. Remember, I'm quoting now. (laughs) You would most likely be right in concluding that the behavior is inconsiderate, but it's not motivated by any kind of ulterior motive. The article goes on, quote, in other situations, however, public cell phone talkers may enjoy being in the conversational limelight. They want to look busy, important, and in charge. Their public conversations are filled with overstated stories of their success, either real or implied. They let everyone around them know how well their sales are going or how many demands they experience in their high-level job. Perhaps their conversation is filled with boss-like commands in which they issue instructions to the person on the other end of the phone, telling the other person to sell this or buy that. You might suspect that rather than being oblivious to their surroundings, these cell phone talkers relish sounding important and are playing to what they believe is an impressionable audience." Dare I say, uh, another adjective I would add in here about how people want to look is not just busy, important, and in charge, but also popular. Public cell phone use has all kinds of possible psychological meanings. This is the Psychology Today article continuing. For some, it's a reflection of a discrepancy between their attitudes and behavior. They know that it's rude and annoying to engage in this behavior, but they rationalize it by believing that it's necessary due to some special situation that is affecting them. In fact, it's entirely plausible that people need to be on their cell phones and have no choice but to do so while they're in a public place Continuing to quote from Psychology Today. However, the habitual public cell phone talkers who seem to want to sound important, busy, and successful, and I'm adding popular, may be acting more out of narcissism than out of lack of social awareness. They like having the attention, even if it's negative of those around them. Public cell phone behavior is a form of performance art. Close quote. Hmm, performance art, huh? <sighs> okay, but could you take it outside and inside? Keep it down? Thanks for listening. Resources will be posted on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. Have a great week. You've been listening to Woman Worthy. Real talk about real issues for women over 60. Tune in wherever you receive your podcasts with new episodes every Monday morning. You can leave your comments by downloading the Podbean app to your device and on the Woman Worthy Facebook page. I'm Paul Lee. I hope you found this program worthy of your time.